good. The computer actually started recording when I hit record this time instead of taking a minute like it did on the test. Yay, nothing's on fire yet. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Uh, well, okay, so, um, weird thought that popped into my half-asleep brain last night. Um, is Majin Buu in any way related to Kirby? Are they, like, both based on the same kind of yokai or something? Because they're both big pink blobs that eat people. I have no idea. And smile a lot. Yeah, they're just these, they're, they're both happy pink blobs and they eat things, and that's what they're known for. And when they eat the things, they gain the powers of those things. I guess Kirby would be a few years older than Boo, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know when the manga came out. Kirby first game was 1992. So that would be, what, like maybe two years before Boo? I, I have to... I have a general, I have a general Although idea of the the DBZ timeline, but not a good one. Yeah, because like original Kirby on the cover art was white. Although I think they'd intended for him to be pink. So when Kirby's Adventure came out in 1993, that's the first time yeah. it was pink. And you know the game was in color, and that's also when he started getting abilities from things. Because in Kirby's Dreamland, he just eats things. And he can spit them out as stars, but that's it. You know, Kirby's Adventure added the idea of getting superpowers from eating things. And I just want everybody to know that I was right. Boo first appeared in 1994. Bam. Okay, so he came up one year after Kirby's Adventure. So Majin Boo could be based on Kirby, or I'm thinking... I, I don't know if there's something that exists in Japanese... Like lore culture maybe there's some you know the the er uh kirby that um both of these things can trace their yeah i have no idea like that there's nothing that i know of off the top of my head but i'm hardly like an encyclopedia of japanese culture so Mm. i mean like that's something i'd be interested to learn more about because there's just so much in like anime and Japanese games and JRPGs and stuff that is so baffling, but it feels like if I had the context, I would get it. Yeah, like that. Like I'm sure there's a lot of I know there's a lot of stuff in like you know Greek myth that is just weird and bizarre, but I know the stories it's based on, so I have a you know a basis for why the <laughs> fuck there's a cow man running around a maze. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I'm googling it and I'm not getting any like inspirations. I'm just getting like the actual lore explanations of why he exists, which is mm. less interesting, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, what I'd read was just that the Toriyama just every time he does like a big villain, he wants it to feel different from the other ones yeah like i know beerus is just like a cat (laughs) like it was somebody's furless cat Mm. boo's design was inspired by adaptations of 1001 nights (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, he, he well, looks yeah. like a genie. <laughs> I mean, is that the only thing? Uh, I guess. Yeah, they're not legally allowed to reveal the similarities to Kirby. Yeah, because it's way too obvious, right? Everybody knows, they just don't want to say it for legal reasons. Although I guess Cell was already doing the eating things and copying their powers. Yeah, like, not much of Dragon Ball is actually original even to itself. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, yeah, because like, after Frieza... Well, I guess, like, Frieza was, like, the end point of them doing the, like... It's guys who throw even bigger energy things. Um, yeah. And then they started on, like, Cell, and, you know, it's, like, it's guys who cop... Although, I guess Ginyu was the first that they had of, like... Guy who steals other people's powers and uses them against them. Yeah, like that. There was probably some Dragon Ball villain that did that too, in in some kind of yeah. way. Well, actually, that might just be Goku because he 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 does just like use other people's powers. Like I don't think anything he does is original to him. Hmm. Also, that reminds me. There was um. So that there is a statue in Animal Crossing that you can get of a Hawaiian king, and on the base it says the king's name is Kamehameha the yeah. first. And that I it finally clicked. Okay, so the Kamehameha is that supposed to be in any way Hawaiian? I or does it just happen to share the name of a famous Hawaiian? Well, because I, I um. Because Roshi invented it, he's like a turtle hermit, so he like lives in the middle of the sea. Um, mm. And Kamehameha is like it's it's interest it's an interesting word, and it is easy easy to pronounce in Japanese because they have all of those syllables. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all the you know consonant and vowel right. combinations. So I I would guess that Toriyama just was like, "Oh, hey, that sounds cool. That's the name of this attack." And also it comes out it comes out like mm. a wave. So like it, it's very okay. like oceany. Like oh, it, it's mm. it's basically water gun, just very intense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I can't be too critical of the naming conventions of Dragon Ball. The series where half the people are named after vegetables and the other half are named after types of underwear. <laughs> Those are the two choices. Yeah. Uh. Uh, but yeah, so that that's my random half-dead asleep observation yesterday. I mean, like in the last two weeks, I was going through in my head, did I do anything that interesting? I didn't. And like, I... I built three Magic the Gathering decks, which I can talk about. I mean, I just don't know how interesting that is anytime I talk about it on the on the show. I find um, it interesting, but and... I just can't keep up. Because, <laughs> mm. like, I... I mean, it, like, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to translate to conversation anyway, unless you have a base point, and even then, like... Like, you know, you can put all the cards you want in the deck, but whether or not it plays the way you want is kind of based on 
what you right. happen to draw. Especially since I play commander format, which is singleton, so it, you know, you have a hundred cards, and the only ones you're allowed to have duplicates of are the basic lands. So you, you know, it, it's it's intentionally designed to make it so that you get different stuff in different games, and the only way to really you know reduce that um, you know, unpredictable aspect of it is to put in either a bunch of cards that all do the same effect. Or um, what they call tutors, because the original one was Demonic Tutor, which are cards that let you search your deck for a card and put it into your hand. And you know, like that, that can you know reduce the randomness of it. But otherwise, it's intentionally supposed to be a random kind of gameplay experience that you get out of a commander deck. So, like, I can talk about what the deck is supposed to do but whether or not it actually does that is or you know it 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 varies from game to game depending on what i happen to draw in that game yeah like even even hearthstone like which is like it's 30 cards a deck and there's uh you know you can have two of any card that isn't legendary um Mm. like you even that, um, depending on how you draw, like, y- your deck can play out insanely different. Like, mm. I, like, like, one of my favorite Hearthstone games I ever played was, um, I was playing a really slow, like, controly deck against, um, it was a, a Jade Druid, which has a, it has a, a one mana spell that just constantly puts cards back in their deck so they never run out of cards and thus never take fatigue damage mm. which um compounds every time you you draw a card from a uh, an empty deck um mm. and like literally the last card in my deck was um a, a card that destroys all um, all one one cost uh, spells in both decks. <laughs> okay, so you got rid of the thing that was keeping. Yeah, but alive. like my deck is very slow, so I had no card draw. So it, it I had to survive mm. like thirty, well, like twenty five turns <laughs> of of. Okay, so, so wait, so their deck didn't have a way to kill you. They were just trying to stall you out until you well, died of well, the, no the, cards. The way the deck works is um, the 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 Jade Golem um, mechanic was like every every time every time you summon a Jade Golem, the next one has plus one plus one. So like the first one you summon mm-hmm. is one one. The second one is two two. The next one is three three. Yeah. So the, you, know, you just keep getting. Bigger yeah. So and bigger ones. W- what would happen is um, they would play the card. They would shuffle three copies in their deck, and the next time, like the next two times, they would just play the card and some like and summon a golem. So but by. by by the end of the game, it was like they were summoning like 17, 17, and 18, 18 golems. And I was just trying to survive mm-hmm. in, until I got to the card that would eventually completely wreck their shit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So yeah. Um, yeah, just keep board wiping them until yeah. Uh, I the, the 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 fun part about that game was um, it was it was like right after the Death Knight released, so I I had an overpowered strategy of myself, which which was mm. play pray play Frost Lich Jaina, which um, heals you um, every time an elemental deals damage um and you can summon mm. elementals every time you you kill an opponent with um your hero power so it's basically just math like getting them down getting an opponent's minions down to one health and then attacking them with the hero power math is fun mm. guys really <laughs> mm. yeah Oh yeah, there there are some magic decks that get pretty heavy on the math, and then gets like I had one. I was playing one game with my werewolf deck, and just for fun, I calculated out how much damage it did in the final attack, and it was like three hundred twelve <laughs> damage on a yeah. And like for scale, magic creatures ten you know typical creatures will have either one, two, or three power. If you get four power, that's a beefy creature so yeah i dealt like 312 damage because i had it was the werewolf deck i'd gotten out this newer werewolf called hollow hinge overlord where at the beginning of each of your upkeeps you make a 2-2 wolf for each wolf or werewolf you have so you're basically doubling all your wolves every turn so it got a couple turns of that before the hollow hinge it's a furry's wet dream and then yeah and then i also had a bunch of werewolves out and then I had this card called Shared Animosity that makes it so all your creatures get plus one power. When 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 you you declare attacks, your creatures all get plus one power for each other creature they share a type with. So when I'm swinging twenty wolves, they all get plus nineteen uh, from the other nineteen wolves that are attacking. Um, and then there were also the werewolves, and also there was a shapeshifter who was both a werewolf and a wolf. Because shapeshifters are every type, um, so yeah, just all, all the compounded damage was. I I have a I have a similar story of um, when I played the was it Duels of the Planeswalkers um, magic magic game mm. on uh, PS3. So it was probably like ten years ago. Yeah, there, there was like a I think a 2012, a 2013, and a 2014. Yeah, I guess it would be. 2012 probably like it, it was pretty basic you, you could only use pre-built decks unless like I, I think maybe if you like paid for a premium version you can build decks but any, anyway there's an elf deck which mm. <clears throat> I'm which I'm pretty sure has a card similar to the one you were just talking about where oh yeah no elves are notorious for that kind of play style you get a bunch of small ones and then they just do things that make each other yeah. bigger or read off of each other. You have, like, Priest of Titania taps for a green for every elf on the board. <laughs> Yours and your opponent's. So it produces stupid amounts of mana when you've got, like, 30 elves out there. Yeah. So, like, what what, what I did was um, I, I got out, like, I, I built a huge board really early. So, like, there was basically nothing the opponent could do. Um, 
because like all, all the mm. decks are pre-built. I know exactly what each one does at this point. Um, yeah, and this this one had no flyers. Yeah, so. like you swing in, you just block with an elf. Yeah, like I happy. like basically w- what would happen was um, I would summon like I don't know four, five, six elf tokens every turn, and I I did I never mm. attacked. Unless they summon something that I wanted them to block with, and so I can kill it. Um, so I never attacked until the opponent was out of cards and would have overdrawn the next turn, and thus lost. And I ended up doing like twelve thousand damage. <laughs> the game, the game calculates um, how much overkill there is, and like it. Mm. It, it like went off the counter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, was it just a mono green elves it, or was it? It was a uh, green black. Now? Okay. Which I, I think black mm-hmm. was, it like it barely had any, any presence in the deck. Like I, I think there were like two. Two elves that used uh, black mana to summon, and uh, there were a, a couple of spells that were, I, I think, mostly just removal. Yeah, I mean, I think at that point in the game, there may have been, like, one or two sets that had black as a type for elves, but historically, they're green. Yeah. Black is a newer development that's gotten more support. Yeah, like dark years. elves, I guess. Um, um but, yeah i mean i was gonna say if it had red in it then it might have had that same shared animosity card that i use in the werewolf yeah day. i i don't i don't remember what the card was called um but it, it had a, a similar effect where they they get attacked for every mm. um yeah the, like your elves get plus one for each other elf. right i mean it, wait did it have crater hoof behemoth in there what does that do because I, I remember some some of the effects. It, it's a it's a creature that costs eight mana. When it enters, all your creatures get plus X plus X, where X is the number of creatures you control, and they gain trample. Until no, at, at least not in the elf deck. It might have been in okay. another. I yeah, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But yeah, like I I was okay. I was summoning like I I probably had like two hundred elf tokens. <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. not not to mention the the elves I just summon regularly, because like I I had like three or four different um, elves that I I can pay mana to summon an elf token every turn. Hmm. Yeah, and then you get the ones that's like all your elves get plus two, <clears throat> plus right. two, or all your elves, you know, like yeah, the, the there are some crazy elf cards. Yeah. It's like you can tap and destroy a thing with CMC less than the number of elves you control. Yeah, like it, it's really snowbally though because if if they remove one of your important ones then it like you, you get you just can't do anything. Mm. Yeah, I mean like the strategy is called elf ball because it's right. an elf snowball. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've talked about magic for 20 minutes. Yeah, and we haven't even gotten to the decks that I built. Because <laughs> the first deck I built, I built Minsk and Boo, uh, which is a creature from uh, the D&D set, you know, based on the 
characters of the same name from the Baldur's Gate games. You know, Minsk is a ranger who's very enthusiastic about justice and destroying evil. And um, he has a hamster companion that is Boo the Hamster. Um, nice. So, so Minsk the card, uh, he only costs three mana, uh, white, green, red. So it's you know very cheap casting cost for a 3-3, three, three, which is also pretty decent. And when he enters, he creates a token uh, legendary hamster, uh, which is Hamtaro. Boo, who, yeah, Boo is a 1-1 one, one haste trample legendary red creature token. Um, and then Minsk's second ability, which it, it feels kind of weird for him as a character because it's based on a moment from a comic, not a thing from the games as far as i know it's just it's the thing that happened once and they thought it'd be fun to build the whole card around it um but what what he does is uh you can pay x mana to make um target creature have power top it, it doesn't add to, it's not like plus x plus x it's just it becomes a base xx and also a giant in addition to its other types um, which is relevant for one card that I have. In the, there is a giant who makes it so your giants all deal double damage. So I put that in there just because he's turning thing. He, he wants to turn Boo giant because Boo has haste and can attack right away when he enters and also has trample. So any excess damage will still be able to trample through. Um, but I realized when I was building it, cause originally I wanted to build it around the idea of making small cute things big and scary so i was gonna have like a kitty cat and a puppy and uh like a cow and a pig and stuff um but i found a lot of those creatures weren't actually that great for the deck necessarily aside from ginger brute who is a gingerbread man who is a one one with haste who you can pay one to make it so he can't be blocked except by creatures with haste which people usually don't run so you basically make him unblockable, and now you, you know, pay the mana off of Minsk's ability, and make a giant gingerbread man, and then you just reenact the ending of Shrek Two, where the giant gingerbread man <laughs> stomps around and wrecks people's days. Um, so they I need a gingerbread, yeah. Like I left gingerbread in, otherwise a lot of the other creatures are just mana dorks because there's a lot of ramp. You know, just a lot of things that's like, put a land onto the battlefield, or it taps for a mana, or, you know, because I just, I want to get as much mana as possible. And I even, I looked up some infinite mana combos I could put in with those colors, and I've got two of those. I guess three of them, because one I didn't realize, it wasn't on the article, but it still fit well. There's this fox from Akoria called Zerd of the Dawn Waker, whose ability is that your activated abilities cost two less to activate. And I put it in there because that means that Minsk, Minsk, Minsk's ability um, of X, you know, the, the way it works is you declare what X is going to be and then you pay the cost. So since it's reduced by two, you get to add an extra two to it every time. So it's like getting a bonus two on the X every time. Um, what I didn't realize is that that ability also works off one of my infinite mana combos which is that there's uh this artifact called basalt monolith it doesn't untap on your untap step you can tap it to get three generic mana 
and then you can pay three to untap it. So it can just tap and untap itself, gaining nothing uh, <laughs> normally, but um, which, which people will do for fun. But if you combine <laughs> it with Rings of Bright Hearth, which is an artifact that costs three and makes it so you can pay two to copy an ability, you tap it, get three, um, pay the three to untap, and as you're doing that, pay an additional two, which you have to have up, I guess. You pay the other two to copy the untap, and then with that copy on the stack, you tap it again, make the three, pay... Or, and then you get the free untap, and then you tap it again and make the three and pay the three. It, it, it works out that you net one mana every time, because you're getting a free, or you're getting a reduced cost um, extra untap. Right. So you just do that over and over, and you get infinite uh, colorless mana. Um, I didn't realize that Zerda takes the place of Rings of Bright Hearth, because it reduced the cost of that untap ability by two. So I tap, get three, pay one, untap, tap, get three, pay one, untap, and I'm netting two mana every time. So, yeah, I, I can make an infinitely huge hamster. And, um, <laughs> That's having, a great sentence. Yeah, I mean, it could be a title, um, which I actually would have an image for because I could just go look up the part in that one D&D comic where Minsk, uh, he runs into some kind of magical thing that turns Boo into a giant hamster. Um, nice. which is funny because Boo is a miniature giant space hamster <laughs> because um, what in Spelljammer there's a creature called a giant space hamster it is a giant hamster in space um, and Spelljammer is kind of a joke for a lot <clears throat> of you know, people especially back in the early 2000s when Baldur's Gate came out so in Baldur's Gate they introduce Minsk with his hamster companion Boo and he explains that Boo is a miniature giant space hamster, and which, you know, is just a hamster. Um, <laughs> so in that D&D comic, which came out like a couple of years ago, I think it, it's fairly recent. But uh, yeah, when Boo becomes giant, he's now a giant miniature giant space hamster. <laughs> That's beautiful. And that's the ability that they adapted into the card version of Minsk. He can make things become giant versions of themselves. Um, which, because of the way it's worded, since it's not plus X plus X, it's just base X X, it's more effective to do it to, like, a 1-1 one, one creature than it, you know, if you had, like, a 5-5 five, five creature, and then you want to pay 10, it doesn't become a 15-15, it becomes a 10-10. So you might as well just get a cheap 1-1 one, one out there and make that be the 10-10. Right. Um, so, yeah, like I've played the deck a couple times. It it works. It gets very stompy. It has some nice synergies that I can't get from other decks. Like there's um, this one goblin who taps to make target creature with power 2 or less unblockable, uh, which most of the time it's like, whatever, you made a small thing unblockable. Um but with this deck, you tap him, make Boo unblockable, and then make Boo giant. And now you have an unblockable, like, whatever number of mana you're <clears throat> able to pump into making Boo giant. Um, th there's another land that basically does that. There's some access tunnel. It taps to make a creature with power three or less unblockable, which most of the time is like, what's the point? But um, 
when when you can make that creature giant after it's become unblockable, um, it's a lot more potent. Um, yep. So yeah, so I built that deck like a week ago. I played it a couple times. Um, then middle of this week, I decide I th th there is this card from the most recent set, uh, Jacob Hauken Inspector. He's like a detective. He can tap. Uh, you, I think you draw a card and then you exile a card from your hand, and then you can pay six mana and flip him over, and he becomes like a this enchantment that shows a magnifying glass, and it hmm. lets you like every turn. I think you exile the top card of your deck, and then you can <clears throat> cast cards that have been exiled by this permanent. Um, so it you know it, it, like it's a way to get extra draws and hold them out there as long as you don't lose if you lose the creature you lose access to all the cards so it could backfire in a big way um right you could just but, th keep throwing things out of your deck <laughs> yeah no so, like, like you put them all out there and you know and that's why like when i i played the deck once and when i did it i mostly stuck like lands that i didn't need out there uh knowing that if they ended up being lost forever it wasn't a big deal um and otherwise, you know, uh, so because he he is a legendary detective character, I decided to proxy him as Columbo. So I made a Columbo <laughs> version of the card and then decided I'll just build the whole rest of the deck. But unlike my proxy decks, I don't want to have to dredge through episodes of Columbo to find like good screenshot. I guess yeah, I'd have to do it manually because there's not enough like screenshots on the internet of different Columbo faces to do what I want this deck to do, which is that a lot of the cards in the deck are just cards that draw me cards. And they all have names like opt and ponder and consider and debate. And you know, just like the, it's mostly it's counter spells and it's cards, which like, Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. And he's just thinking about... So it's just a detective who's thinking about things and drawing things. And then I put in all the like Laboratory Maniac style. There's this card called Laboratory Maniac. It's the first one that did this effect where um, if you have Lab Man on the board and you would draw from an empty deck, you win the game instead of losing the game. Um, oh, God. And they've done a couple other cards with similar effects, so I've got all of them in this deck. And the idea is <laughs> that it's just Columbo mulling over things and countering stuff people did try to do as he continues to mull over things until eventually he reaches the solution, which is that the deck is empty, and therefore he wins. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, a, what a grand solution. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, like, that like, is, if your goal is just to draw and not, you're trying to draw anything specific, then you're either building a deck that needs to be a laboratory maniac of, you know, drawing from an empty deck and winning, or if I had white in the deck, I could put second sun in there, because approach of the second sun is a sorcery that you cast it, and then it goes back in your deck seven from the top. And then if you cast it a second time, you win the game. So that's a card that takes advantage of a deck that, you know, draws really efficiently. Or, honestly, it works even better if you just tutor it back to hand. I've done that a few times. You just cast it, put it back in the deck, play a tutor, bring it right back to your hand, and then cast it again. 
But this deck doesn't do that, because it's the wrong colors. <laughs> that reminds me of a card in Hearthstone that... Um, like, it, it's basically really expensive, but for a really good effect at the end. Mm. And that's it, It's like a, a six-mana 5-5 five, five that adds a five-mana spell that, like... All, like all, all the five mana spell does is summons like a two two demon, and gives you another card that summons a five five demon. That gives you another card that summons a four four demon, and you do that like six times, and then the the last card is um, like a ten mana minion that w- when you play it, it destroys your opponent's deck. Mm. So it's like. <laughs> Like it's it's really inefficient, but if you can pull it off, like you basically win as long as you're not dead already. Mm. Um but yeah, so the uh third deck I just built the other because I was talking to a coworker about these other decks I built. And I've been like keeping track of every deck that I've built and like what colors I used in it. And you know, I found like I've u- I've built all the single color decks multiple times except for colorless because that one's kind of tricky to do um and then i've built all the three color combinations and half of the four color combinations and a bunch of five color decks um but the two color ones i I had only done like half of the two color pairings so i knew i hadn't done a green white deck and the idea came up of doing this one recent card called sithis harvest hand who is, it's, it's an Enchantress style deck, which is another kind of deck that I hadn't built yet, and had plenty of, you know, good cards for it just sitting around. Which is a, a deck that is all about playing enchantment type cards. Um, and like, the, the, there's some that are like enchantment creatures or enchantment artifacts, but mostly I just put like regular enchantments in there, or aura enchantments, which enchant onto a thing. Um, Sithis, you know, I'm, I'm curious to play this deck tomorrow and see how it goes, because I think it could be really effective. Uh, Sithis costs just a green and a white, so it's dirt cheap. Um, for a creature whose ability is whenever you cast an enchantment, you draw a card and gain a life. Uh, so I just, you know, I'll be casting enchantments, drawing cards, gaining life. Um, and then the win cons, I've got, uh, let's see, there's Felidar Sovereign is a creature who, if you, on your upkeep, have more than 40 life, you win the game. And in Commander, you start the game at 40 life, so I'm already starting off with enough, pretty much, and I just have to maintain enough of a defense that, um, people don't beat my life total down or kill this creature once it comes out um and then let's see i've got this my first white commander deck was based around ever a halcyon witness and i took that one apart because it was kind of a kind of boring after it did its thing but i put ever into this deck because it's still effective for the amount of life gain i expect this deck will do um evra is a four four for six mana who um, has lifelink, and you can pay four mana 
and exchange your life total with Evra's power. So, say I have like 50 life, I trade that with the power, I go down to 4 life, and then if nobody kills the creature immediately, which, you know, I'd have to be careful of, um, you attack someone with Evra, with lifelink, and whether they block or not, you'd still get the lifelink, uh, unless they have like first strike death touch or something. Um, so, you swing, you get the lifelink, you gain that 50 life back off lifelink, and, um, also you, you know, doing 50 damage on a creature that's, uh, probably lethal if they didn't block it. Um, and then, uh, th there's this one called Aetherflux Reservoir that's in there too. It's an artifact that makes it so, um, whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast so far this turn. So the more spells you cast, the more life you gain. And then you can pay 50 life to deal 50 damage to any target. Which, unless somebody's been gaining a lot of life, is probably lethal on them. You can just shoot someone with the Aetherflux and they're dead. Uh, it's a card that is colloquially known as the Death Star. Because it just shoots people to death. But yeah. So yeah, I'll be trying that deck out tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. Um... You know, it, it's kind of weird that, like, I, you know, I for a while I wasn't, like, I, I was building decks, but I was building, like, the proxy decks, and now, in the span of two weeks, I've thrown together three new decks after doing, like, at, at least three. Let's see, I had the vampire deck, the horror deck, and the, the spirit deck was majorly updated. So yeah, I basically did like three decks after Crimson Vow came out in mid-November, and then I just did another three decks of just regular cards, not proxy cards. Um, is the volume turned down? I, I can't hear as well. Sorry, I turned it down to cough once, and I forgot uh, to turn so it back I'm on. Circle on you, so you're talking, but I can't hear anything. Like still? Oh, there it goes. Okay. Yeah, I, I I turned my volume down to to cough once, and I think I forgot to turn it back up. Okay. Uh, I didn't have any major input um, other than uh, dumb jokes, so it's not a huge deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't hear them, so I couldn't respond. Although I, it seemed, I notice more of your jokes when I'm editing that I feel like I should have responded to in the moment, but I just <laughs> didn't hear them during it's the actual fine. call. They're mostly only funny to me anyway. <laughs> so it's it's all good. But yeah, yeah, I think that's probably everything I've got from Magic Talk for now at least. Um The new Big Brain Academy game came out. It's fun, but there's not really a whole lot to it. Like even at thirty bucks it's still I mean, I guess if you're gonna be able to, you know, play the multiplayer mode, maybe there'd be more to it. But I don't regret buying it. You know, yeah. Doctor Loeb is a cute character, and it's nice to see him back after like I don't even know how long it's been since the last game. I guess it would have been on Wii. It's probably been at least ten years. Was it, was there not one on 3DS? 
no, I think there was a Brain Age on 3DS. Oh, okay. Right? That, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think Big Brain Academy only had... There was a DS game, and then there was a Wii game. Alright, just give me a second to put the dog out. Alright. She's, she's crying, in case you can't hear. Oh, I can. I don't know if the <laughs> listeners can, but... Yeah. Alright, I'll be back in a second. Alright, sorry about that. No. She'll probably want to come back in in about five seconds. So. Mm. Um, yeah, because I think the only <clears> other <throat> thing I've got is that um, there was an article I was reading about Spider-Man No Way Home. And, I mean, you know, there's the, the, the so many rumors around the movie. I don't know whether to believe anything I read or not. But apparently, according to this article, it I don't know when it was confirmed. But they said, you know, like the, it was something, I think was, they were doing like an interview, or interview, I mean really, it seemed like they were just recycling things that the actors had said in previous interviews, um, with the villains of the movie. So they had, you know, the comments that I swear I've seen before on other things, from uh, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, uh, Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, and... Um, Jamie Foxx, uh, Electro, um, you know, like, like those, those are the main ones who we already knew about, but then they were saying at the end of the article that it's been apparently confirmed that Thomas Hayden Church is returning as Sandman and Risa Fons is returning as Lizard, which I know there was that poster that looked like Lizard was on there and I thought that was weird because they've never said anything about that, but it, you know, if, if that's true... I mean, that seems that, you know, I, I kind of expect after that that they would, you know, bring Jake Gyllenhaal back as Mysterio and call that the Sinister Six, and then you would have, I mean, it, it would either have to be yeah. Mysterio or Vulture, which seems a little weird because they're, you know, they got Vulture and Morbius now, and I don't know how that works. We won't know until Morbius comes out, but... Um, but, because if you have those five, you have a character from Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Amazing 1, Amazing 2, and then the sixth one would either be from Homecoming or Far From Home. So you would have Sinister Six, but also representing the villains of six of, you know, Spider-Man's movies. Right. So, like, that that's cool if true. I don't know whether to believe it. Um... I did get my tickets yeah. for it because I, you know, I was looking out of curiosity, and at the time the theater wasn't that full. It might be full, you know, as full as pandemic uh, restrictions allow. Um, when I go to see it, but I think it, it's for the opening Thursday, but it's for like a three o'clock show, I think. So pretty much, I'll get out of work at two and drive straight over to the theater and not have to sit around and wait and still have time to, you know, get home after the theater and not just have to go straight to bed. Because it is like a yeah. two and a half hour movie. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see it. I don't know if I will <clears throat> in theater, so just mm. because, like, I'd have to go, like, the, the earliest I could go would be like four o'clock, mm. like after a work day. 
Because I, I mean, I'm I'm not going on the weekend. That would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't been to a theater in like two years, probably over two years. I I I don't even remember the last movie I saw in a theater. What uh, what movies have we talked Spider-Man about? Far, Spider-Man Far From Home was mid 2019. Late 2019, there was Rise of Skywalker, and I don't remember what else. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have seen that. Twenty early 2020, there was Sonic the Hedgehog, which was the last one I had seen before new movies started coming out again a couple months ago. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely didn't see anything in 2020. Yeah. So it, it probably would be <laughs> Far From Home. Yeah. Probably there, there, there might be like a random one I saw because I, I know I didn't see Star Wars. Yeah, I, I feel like there was something else late 2019, but I don't remember what it was. Like, I remember 2019 being like, Spider-Man came out, and then it felt like everything was dead for a while, because there just wasn't anything worth seeing coming out. And even, like, Rise of Skywalker always looked bad, just from the announcement of it, and then it was bad. Yeah, even the title. Yeah. Like, not, nothing about it. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. All right, let me let the dog in. God damn it. Mm. Who let the dog in? Brent. Brent, 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 Brent. So what was that, six whole minutes? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, time to think about how cold it is out there. And, uh, <laughs> it is not. Oh, it's not, it's not cold anymore. <laughs> it is not cold outside. Nah. It's it's probably at least in the 70s. Oh, okay. Fucking, fucking, ugh. Yeah, it's I disgusting. Mean, it's, I think it's like 40-something here now. It was freezing rain earlier, but it's going to be like 50-something at midnight, which is weird. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be warmer at midnight than it is during the day. Huh. Warm that is weird. Stuff, I guess, I don't know. Um... But yeah, no, cause yeah, yeah, cause 2019 was kind of. Well, uh, should we talk about See, the the new footage from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One? I mean, the, I mean, we can. I don't know how much there is mm. to actually talk about, cause like it, yeah. it's, mm. it's it's mostly just like the, like the only new information is like, oh it takes place like at least a year or two later yeah sometimes um, past they're older um same fun characters plus spider-man 2099 who we knew would be there yep um there probably will be a romance in this one between um miles and gwen mm. like at least that's what it seems like they're setting up yeah it's like he wants one she Last time just wanted a friend. I don't know if she'll change her mind on that. Like, maybe that tension is going to be, like, the driving force of the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Verse 2, Miles gets friends up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, she... I don't know. I, I, I really don't like speculating on trailers too much. Mm. Like, it's... it's Especially character motivations. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, as a couple, it's kind of a cute romance, but I also don't care about fictional character romances, so... 
especially in high school like i I watched enough anime like it's played out i don't i don't care anymore Mm. yeah like show me show me like two people in like their 40s who still love each other like that that's more interesting to me Mm. (laughs) you you don't get that in hollywood yeah no because they're they're all about that tension of the getting together and staying together is just not exciting enough Right. I remember that being a really bit, you know, the the Nicolas Cage um, National Treasure movies. It's like I remember the first one. Yeah, you know, they, they had the whole romance thing, like subplot. And then in the second one, they go out of their way to have them break up so they can spend the second movie getting back together. Because they only <laughs> know how to write characters getting together, and they don't know how to write them staying together. Yeah, there's a bit of that in um, the Uncharted games too, where, mm-hmm. like in the in the first one, um, Nate and Elena like don't don't know each other. Then at at the end, they're like kind of together. Then in in the second one, like they broke up off screen, and Nate has like a new hot British love interest. Mm-hmm. But at the end, he he and Elena look like they're getting back together. And then at, at the at the beginning of the third movie, <laughs> they they break up again. <laughs> yeah, like like some some way into the game, like you find out that they were engaged, but then they, they broke left it her off. at the altar because he was off doing a treasure hunt yeah. or something, and she right. was mad at him for it, and they got to spend the next yeah. the rest of the game getting over that. You're almost exactly right. <laughs> And it's then, almost like and, and, pulling on familiar tropes. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of what Uncharted is like. It's not meant to be like very serious until Uncharted Four when they kind of want it to be, mm. but then they kind of make it. Yeah, tropey when again. they deal with Nathan Drake's drug problem in the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the one place they won't go, I guess. Mm. But in in the. In, in Uncharted 4, like, they actually are married. And, mm. like, like, Nate has a, a job. Um, he's like a salvage diver, which is, like, not exciting enough for him because he's used to being shot at. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, so then he goes on this big adventure to save his brother's life, who he thought was dead. Um,. And he lies about it, so then there's a bunch of tension about him basically like ruining ruining his relationship again. Mm. Um, but then eventually, like after he makes all the wrong decisions, um, shit just falls into place, and it's all okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because they don't want to uh, have to do another game and split them up again, so they can get them back together again. Yeah, I guess. Like, because it's supposed to be the end. So there's like, oh, there's, there's a happy ending, mm. but it 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 led to uh, I forget what the subtitle is. There's like a side game mm. that stories um, gives his cowboy hat to his son Mutt and becomes the new <laughs> adventure hero. Jesus Christ! And so um, decided to write him out and then put a different character in, which apparently is what's happening in Indian. Indiana Jones 5, that there's, uh, I think, 
like Phoebe Waller Bridge is going to be I don't know like another archaeologist who might or might not take up the mantle from Harrison Shia Ford. LaBeouf. <laughs> I, I think Shia just, I don't know, maybe he died somewhere. They're not even going to acknowledge him. <laughs> yeah. You just find a skeleton wearing his his like black leather jacket. Oh my, that that would be hilarious. <laughs> Wait, they, they just open a random fridge in the desert and he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> he learned it from watching you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh. Jade, has anybody ever told you you're funny before? Uh, sometimes. Okay, good, because you are. Mm. Um, I am also stealing no, familiar jokes. Un- <laughs> Uncharted 4 ends with uh, Nate and Elena's da- daughter like on a beach. So, yeah, there's that. Mm. She's like twelve years old and like discovering like all the artifacts they stole. <laughs> mm. She's stranded <laughs> like on a beach alone. Is it castaway? Ki- kinda. I mean, it's like it, it's their house. Oh. But like that, they like apparently like went out to the grocery store and didn't tell her. Mm. Okay, so they went out to the grocery store and didn't come back. Yeah. And that's where the fifth game starts. Now the the fifth game, oh, Lost Legacy, um, like that that stars Chloe, who is the British love interest from the second game, who is also in the third game, okay, um, and in the fourth game, very briefly, mm. um, stars her and Nadine Ross, who um, was the like a sub villain from the fourth game. But like not really evil. She's she's just like a mercenary. He's like, okay, I'm getting paid to do this, and then at the end she's like, okay, I'm not getting paid enough to do this shit, uh, <laughs> and then leaves. So like she's not like a bad person. Mm. Well, I mean she leads a group of mercenaries that kill people, but like she's not an action movie v- bad person. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, because Nathan Drake kills people too. Oh, hundreds. <laughs> Nathan Drake's murdered more people than... Um, let's see. Well, we go Doom Guy, because he mostly just kills demons. Mm. Demons aren't people. Yeah. They, don't they apparently do feel fear, but that's yeah. fine. Fear is the only feeling they feel, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's Doom Guy's fault. They could have other emotions, but they're just being hunted by the Doom Guy all the time. <laughs> Doom Guy taught them to feel fear, and that is why it is the only feeling they know. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, some something led to Uncharted. Um. National it, Treasure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't that uh, Tom Holland is also in Uncharted. Oh, yeah. It's all connected <laughs> With, back to Spider-Man. Apparently, Sony's like got their mitts on um, Tom Holland, and they're not going to let him go. Yeah. 
Because he, like, I think he was already attached to another Sony movie. Yeah, he'll probably voice Sly Cooper or something. If Chris Pratt doesn't get to it first. <laughs> see, see, like, Tom Holland voicing Sly Cooper might actually work. Mm. Because he, like, he can do, like, a, a smooth voice. Like, mm. when you can't see his baby face. Mm, smooth with a hint of awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> see, I think Sly Cooper would actually be a voice that Chris Pratt can do. Because mm. he's kind of a douche. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember the other day he was in the Lego movie back before everybody hated him. Who, who did he play? The main character. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot. Yeah, the, the character whose gimmick is that he's generic and happy. Yeah. God, the the Mario movie is going to be a trash fire. Mm-hmm. I I I want it to be like I want it to be terrible. I hope it's not good. <laughs> mm. I mean, it'll probably be like the Sonic movie where it's fine and people like it well enough that they just keep making more of them. I still haven't seen the. I know there's a trailer for Sonic. 2 that just came out and I, I still haven't seen it yet I never saw the first one because I never cared past mm. people hating it <laughs> which I, mean, I know it's, it's kind of sad it's not really but... hateable unless you're like that no, I'm like, I, I meant the initial uh, oh. Oh, yeah, reaction yeah, the... to the trailer yeah. like af- after that it was like okay it after they got like rid of the generic... weird teeth then yeah after that, I was like, okay, I know it's just going to be a generic kids movie with Jim Carrey acting like an idiot in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a buddy road movie of Sonic and a human traveling across that, the country. That guy that always plays the same character in every movie he's in? It, yeah. The, wait, was it James Marsden in that? Or who was it? Was it someone else? I, I don't know. I, like, I don't even know if he has a name. <laughs> Yeah, if it was James Marsden, I was gonna make a joke about him getting cucked in every movie he's in, but I I don't think it, I don't remember it was him, but I think it was someone else. In the Sonic no, movie. it's a, it's a guy who kind of looks like him with like weird curly hair. Okay. Okay. I so, think. So I don't know. James Marsden's clone. Okay, like I'm just gonna Google Sonic movie. Yeah, find out. No, not Sonic menu. Yeah, before we. No, no, we're not going to Sonic restaurant. (laughs) It has no affiliation with Sonic the Hedgehog. As far as we know, maybe they do. I could I could go for a 44 ounce um, beverage right now. It is James Marsden. Oh, it is. Okay, Yeah. yeah. So. There's probably a deleted scene where Sonic's fucking his wife. (laughs) (laughs) You see, um, like, right at the end, written by Lil Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's the thing they're saving for the sequel. Can you imagine if, like, a Hollywood studio actually made something based off of the writings of Little Sonic? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know that they'd make the budget back, but it would definitely get them uh, 
If they made oh, it for right. streaming, they could get people interested in their streaming service, which is the whole point of these streaming projects. It's like they're not profitable. They just get people to talk about your shit. Why hasn't a company just gone off the deep end and de- decided to make porn about their characters? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean... Hmm. It's like, I mean, everyone wants to fuck Kirby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, any, you know, of the, like, cartoony ones, you know, there's an argument to be made that it would, you know, damage their family-friendly reputation, but, I mean, there's gotta be some just, like, R, like, hard R franchises that, um, you know, could do that. I mean, I guess, like, the hard R big franchise things tend to be, like, horror movies, and they don't want to make they're monsters sexy unless they're vampires. Um, you know, like, just fucking have Pyramid Head having sex with one of the nurses. Mm. Or just Freddy X Jason. <laughs> Freddy X X X Jason. Yeah. Because cause those movies, you know, like, they will have, like, nudity and sex scenes because horror movies, you know, they already have the R. They know they can yeah. do that. But, um... Just, just show... They don't want to show, show their like, monsters being vulnerable. Show, show explicit P and V action. Yeah, we're, we're not allowed to see the, like, softer, more sexual side of, uh... Yeah. Voorhees. No, no one wants to see Jason's micro-penis. <laughs> And I guess a lot of those monsters, you know, the ones that came from the 80s are, like, the, the whole basis of the story was, the, like... They're you know, semi-inhuman, like, well, I, I get it. I mean, it. like, the sex-shaming themes, uh, you know, the, it's oh, like yeah. the, the sexually promiscuous characters get brutally murdered, and, you know, the good virgin <laughs> is the one that lives. Like, in, <laughs> in Jason X, when they make holograms of, like, the, the naked girls in the sleeping bags... Mm. And Jason just picks up the sleeping bags and <laughs> slams it into a tree. <laughs> like, like they, they make the holograms to slow him down. And the, the, the girls are like, hey, do you want to have premarital sex? I love premarital sex. And he just picks up the sleeping bag and slams it. Mm. Wait, so is Jason Voorhees an insult? <laughs> He's the buffest incel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think that's the title. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can just find a picture of Jason Voorhees. It's easy enough. Jason the buff incel. (laughs) We should write a song. Jason the buffest incel. <laughs> Had a very tiny pee. <laughs> and it never saw it. <laughs> you say it's the smallest dick I've ever seen. <laughs> All of the naked ladies. They didn't want none of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let poor Jason. Um. Something, something, that pussy hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
nine one foggy Halloween at midnight. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I think the but, I think the magic is there, worn off. There is potential for a song there, but <laughs> the joke is already worn. Then. Oh god. <laughs> Then one foggy Halloween, Jason came to say ho ho ho, and then he and then he (laughs) murdered them all with a machete. (laughs) 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 This has been our Christmas episode. Excuse me. Actually, I get. I don't know. We'll have to figure something out for the if because Christmas is on a Saturday <laughs> in two weeks, so that would be when we'd normally record. Uh, so I don't know. Let's if just have the sickest New Year's bash. Oh no, wait! I can't do that. I have a party to go to. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm already moving my Saturday D and D session up to Christmas Eve because I know I I got Saturday that Saturday off anyway, so I can just do it Friday night. So I guess if we record Friday, that would mean that there'd be a Christmas episode. Otherwise, the next episode might be a little late. We can have a Krampus episode on December 26th. Hmm. Where we, we play Krampus and we, we talk about how we hate ourselves for playing Krampus. Hmm. But if it's on the 26th, unless we record it that morning and I edit it that afternoon. Um, yeah, I don't know how that would... I don't know if I'd have it edited in time to release it on the 26th. It would have to be recorded before that. No, that that's fine. Um, Krampus Day is on the 27th, so oh, we're good. Okay. Because I, I just made it up. Oh. Even though, um, I mean, there's got to be... Isn't there a Krampus Day that's like the middle of December? I don't know. There's, somebody probably has a Krampus Day, but I, I just don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like Central Europe. They have like the, the Krampus day where everyone goes around being douchebags. I thought that was Chris Pratt day. Uh, I mean, he might be playing Krampus in the next Krampus movie. <laughs> he's, voicing, he's voicing Krampus in the new Krampus mov- mm. movie by Illumination. Mm. Yeah, he, he's voicing Krampus when Krampus shows up in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And they go to the Krampusverse where Chris Pratt is Krampus. <laughs> Into the Krampusverse. Yeah. Was there a horror movie Krampus like three or four years ago? At least, I know there was one because I I saw, I think, the more popular one. But I think there there were a bunch. Because once one came out, everybody else just started making them. You you don't really know. Well, like, I, I, I think there was like one by a maybe not a major studio but like a prominent studio and then yeah. probably a, a, a bunch by like smaller yeah. independent studios yeah yeah there were a bunch of small knockoff ones the the big one which i saw i don't know if i still have the dvd or not i, I didn't really like it that much. It, it's one of those horror movies where it's just a bunch of shitty people and then shitty things happen to them uh, yeah because, yeah, it's just like a family that's fighting at Christmas, and there's one, you know, like the one young innocent kid who's like, oh, why do we all have to fight? It's terrible. And then the Krampus comes and just kills them all. Like, nice. Like they deserve by, it. Yeah, just like one by one, you know, the like 
uh, you know, holiday-themed killings. Um, yeah. Being, like, hung, hung with Christmas lights. Yeah, like, dragged off into the snow and, I don't know, impaled with a giant candy cane or something. Yeah, they he, he impaled your ass on the top of a Christmas tree. Mm. Yeah. Also, that reminds me of my... Uh, Magic the Gathering Christmas deck. I, I did some upgrades to it, and it's uh, running a little more. Because I mean, it, it's it's always going to be janky because it's it's cards that are put in there for being you know Christmassy over being effective. Um, but I realized I didn't really have a lot of angels in there, so I put in this one angel that is um, uh, Gisela Blade of Gold Knight. Um, who has the ability any damage that you take is cut in half and any damage your opponents take from any source even if they're like hitting each other is doubled um, so I had that out and then mm, the commanders of the deck there's Bruce Tarl who is a red white creature this like fat guy so that's Santa Claus and then this Kadama of the East Tree is a big green creature so that's m- my Christmas tree so I had both of them out, um, and Bruce Tarl, when he enters or attacks, gives a target creature lifelink and double strike. Um, so I give that to Kadama, because Kadama's a 6-6. Uh, so then th- there was someone, that, like, they were wide open, and I had Gisela out, and I had both of these cards. So I swung Kadama, which is 6, with double strike, which is 12, which is doubled by Gisela, so that's 24. And if you take 21 damage off a commander, you're dead. So, um, yeah, I just lethal threw a lethal Christmas tree through their window. And, <laughs> nice. And, yeah. And then somebody destroyed all creatures after that. And I, you know, th- I did add a card in the deck that could get creatures back from the graveyard, but I didn't draw it. This is one called Late uh-huh. to. It's a newer white card called Late to Dinner. Um,. Which shows like a rhino man sitting in a chair and a like ghost of an elephant man, um, <laughs> but the, the what the card says I is get that it. you return a creature from the uh, graveyard to the battlefield and then you make a food token. I get it late to dinner as in dead. Yeah. 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 Although I mean it. Since it it brings the creature just back to life and not as a spirit version of itself, it, it, I don't know, thematically a little weird how the mechanics work with the pun name in the picture. But the 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 joke is that um, the rhino was the one who was brought back from the dead, and the elephant has always been a ghost. Mm, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> So the the throwing a lethal Christmas tree reminds me of the Kids Next Door holiday special, where for some reason I cannot begin to discern, like, they did an X-Men parody. Mm. Do you remember this? I didn't watch a lot of the show. I know it was in the 2000s, so X-Men was part of the, you know, zeitgeist for the movies. Yeah. Like, they had, like, a... Like... It was all like Christmas themed X Men that they teamed up with. Uh, I think they were supposed to be like Santa's elves or something. Mm. Like they had a Wolverine who had like candy canes for claws. 
like sharpened candy canes, I think. Mm. And they had like a Colossus who's like his 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 armor was like the um like a Christmas tree. Uh, mm. Like branches just coming down. It was like kids next door is stupid. Like like very <laughs> very mm. stupid, but like also really sincere. Mm. Like like they're like I remember one like it was just a straight parody of Star Wars mm. and Indiana Jones. Damn, number five got all the good episodes. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. th- like that—that that was just a thing I thought of. <laughs> mm. Like I, I really have anything to say about it. It came out like fifteen years ago. But, <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Because I remember the show when it was around. I just for whatever reason didn't watch it much at the time yeah it was interesting not always good but it was creative at least mm. uh, hmm. what other <laughs> things yeah like I didn't really do anything <laughs> mm. Yeah. All my free time got eaten up. Yeah, like the game awards happened the other night, but I didn't watch them. I only heard people talk about them. I was a little disappointed because I had expected there would be a Breath of the Wild two trailer, which I wouldn't care about, but everyone else would talk about incessantly for months, and that there would be yeah, like I was ready to make all kinds of just predictions, like oh yeah, they're gonna show uh like a two second shot of. Uh, the new villain who is a like 20 something goth boy who turns <laughs> to look at the camera and people will start speculating about this guy non-stop for the next six months and uh, it turns out to be Ganon <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it turns it's just it's some like dark priest who summons Ganon yep but like they they like for some reason they call him Garahim, but like, mm. like he's actually just Ganon. Yeah, it's just a reference. Well, yeah, I mean, because there's Garahim in Link to the Past. He was that, and there's Zant in Twilight Princess. Oh wait, no, Garahim was the Skyward Sword one. I'm getting him mixed yeah. up with the because um, th- there was a guy in Link to the Past who also was the new villain who's actually just uh, there to summon Ganon. Because there was Zant, and then there was the guy in Age of Calamity, um, As- Astor, I think. The guy who everyone thought was going to be part of the playable characters in the DLC, and he wasn't. I don't know Zelda. I only know Girahim because of Game Grumps. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you know when he first appeared in a trailer, and just this gloomy-looking goth guy who does a weird tongue thing around Link's face. And that made him super popular, I guess. I don't know. Not really my type. But. They wanted some twink versus twink action. Mm. <sighs> yeah, another another gaming event. Another gaming event without a Dragon's Dogma 2 uh, <laughs> trailer. Mm. <laughs> There's only been like 
I don't know, 80 of them. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't have an Ace Combat 80 either. No, uh, that's not going to come out for like at least three more years. Mm. If I'm lucky, it'll be three years. Mm. Or it, it'll... They'll, they'll say it's three years, um, about a year from now, and then it'll actually be five years. Because mm. that's how that works. Aganim. That, that was, that's what the length of the past one's name is. I just remembered. <laughs> What's a synonym for agony? Mm. Yeah, no, there was Aganim, and then there was also Yuga in uh, Link Between Worlds. Who is basically, if Ganon was a painter, who also summoned Ganon. Oh, so even worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like the alternate universe version of Ganon is a crazy painter who's a bad person, but also the princess was a bad person in that universe. Um, but then... Is, is, is Majora's Mask the only, like, main um, Legend of Zelda game with <laughs> Where um, Ganon isn't the like main villain for the console ones, yeah, I think so. Like, there's been a couple handhelds where it wasn't Ganon, but I think, yeah, I think any any of the ones that started on a console um, have always had Ganon, aside from Majora's Mask. Hmm. Yeah, that that's weird because like Majora's Mask was still like it it was it was late enough where the the um like the pattern was already settled. Mm. So it's kind of weird that they didn't just throw Ganon in. Yeah, I mean, I guess by that point they had Zelda, which had Ganon, Zelda two. Where Ganon was dead, but the villains were trying to resurrect him, and in the game over screen, he's resurrected, otherwise he doesn't actually show up. Um, and then Link to the Past, which was a prequel with Ganon. Um, and then Link's Awakening on Game Boy had a nightmare inside the dream of a flying whale, which the nightmare took the form of Ganon at one point, I think. Um, and then Ocarina of Time was another prequel with Ganon. Um, and then, uh, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, I think. No, that was after. Yeah, because Majora's Mask was 2000 and the Oracle's games, I think, were 2001. So, yeah, so they had all those games with Ganon, if not involved at least referenced but yeah and the majora's mask had no ganon at all uh or even a reference to him i don't think they should do like mario and just have one game where um the villain is a, a big frog guy mm. well i mean they kind of did with the uh let's see the because like link's awakening you're in the dream of a flying whale and you have to go inside of an egg on top of a mountain and um, fight the nightmare inside 
which takes different forms, including Aghanim and Ganon. Um, and then Phantom Hourglass was a game that took a similar idea, because you're, again, it's a different Link, it's the Wind Waker Link, but he's in the dream of a flying whale, uh, except this one, that there's also like a ghost ship or something. Um, and at the end, you're fighting Bellum, which is just like a big nightmare monster thing. Um, but it was just a dream, so it doesn't count. Um, and then there was Spirit Tracks, which technically wasn't Ganon, I guess, even though it looks so much like Ganon. There's a this demon called Maladus that they sealed away in a castle or some a tower or something, and it breaks out and takes the form of a train with Ganon's face on it. And then after you beat the train with Ganon's face on it, uh, he takes the form of a thing that looks a lot like Beast Ganon, just like a big, you know, demon monkey thing. And then you have to beat that. So, is there like an explanation for the the whale dream, or is that just a thing that happens? Uh, yeah, no, I think there's just a whale that goes around dreaming, and sometimes Link gets stuck in his dream. It was kind of a weird, crazy twist the first time it happened, and then they've done it. Well, I guess they, they've done it twice, Wait. and then there was also the remake of Link's Awakening on Switch. Why does that happen multiple times? I don't know. I mean, it, it's an excuse to have... Although, <coughs> Skyward Sword did have, like, flying... You know, Sky Whales are a thing in that game, too. You don't get stuck in any of their dreams, but there are Sky Whales. That you know of. Yeah. I mean, maybe that whole game took place in a dream, and that's why it was so weird. And bad. <laughs> because it was in a dream. But, hot takes. Yeah, hot takes for a game from 2011 or 12, I think. And that mo I mean, I, I think part of it was just that the game got so hyped at the time that it felt crappy when it came out. But all <laughs> and also part of it was like that the Wii. Um, yeah. You know, just like like the the Wii mote. You know, the Wii Motion Plus drained the batteries a lot, and it kept falling out of sync, so you have to keep recentering it. You know, I'm I'm interested, one of these days I will get and try the um, Switch version, which sounds like it fixes a lot of the issues I had with it, with like, the controller falling out of sync, and feed not shutting the fuck up, I mean... I never had a problem with Navi saying, hey, 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 whenever you walk past something that looks interesting. But Fee, just, it, it's just this chirping sound every time it's like, your batteries are low. I need to tell you that your batteries are low. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, when your hearts are low, you already have a beeping sound anyway. It's just a thing that happens in Zelda games to let you know that your health is low. But then in Skyward Sword, on top of having the chirping of your hearts are low, Fee starts chirping at you and you say, okay, what the fuck do you want to tell me? It's like, Master, your hearts are low. It's like, yes, I know, thank you. <laughs> I already knew that. It's, it's, 
<laughs> Except she doesn't just say, Master, your heart's so it's like, Master, I calculate there is a 77% chance that your health might be dropping below, you know, whatever percent. She's very verbose in an annoying way. You can't just yeah. say what the fuck you want to tell me and then let me get back to the game. But but does she tell you that wolves hunt in packs about 80 times over the course of your adventure? No. And if she did, it wouldn't be that she says it to you. It would be that you see an alert that Fee wants to tell you something, and then you click the button to say, <laughs> what is it that you want to tell me? And then she say, wolves hunt in packs. <laughs> yeah. What about a hobgoblin? It, it's stronger than a regular goblin. Um... Is that a thing from Spider-Man? No, oh, that's a thing from Dragon's Dogma. Oh. It should or be a thing in Spider-Man, though. Yeah. Have, when they bring in Hobgoblin, he should just remind Spider-Man in every fight that he's stronger than a regular <laughs> goblin. He, he should also remind you that he's weak to ice and fire both. Mm. Yep, so use and those that, ice webs and fire webs. And that a cockatrice has the head of a cock. <laughs> So suck on it. <laughs> just, just <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, and guess what the weak point to a cyclops is? Um Okay, I am sure there's a pun beyond just the eye. No. no. <laughs> it it's the eye. They don't have any clever puns on it. Oh. No. Just stating the most obvious thing, like any video game teaches you to shoot things in the eye, because that's the only spot you're allowed oh. to shoot things. Well, like don't get hit with the giant club. There's that too. Oh yeah, that's that's good advice for everyday living. Oh, also all all roads lead to Grand Sword. Mm. <laughs> that's a good thing to know. It's, it's the only city in the game. Mm. Of course, all the roads lead there. Mm. Yeah, there's no you know, city planners building roads that lead somewhere else. Yeah. Or even just like a road that connects to another road. Which I guess would still lead there, back to it eventually. Yeah. Like, I, I literally don't think there's any roads that don't go to the main But there there isn't, like, a stretch city. of road that just leads from, like, a house in the mountains to a house in the forest and doesn't go anywhere near the roads that lead back to the city. No, I don't think so. Like, there, there are no independent roads. Mm. They, all, they all lead back to the capital. Are there any, like, extended driveway-type roads through, like, a farm that don't link back to the main road? There are no farms. Oh. <laughs> there, there is a small fishing village of which you originate, and there, there's like a, a small military encampment, like fifteen feet away from it, mm. and then and there's, there's a city, like and then just the, unchecked yeah, expanses the, of wilderness. There, and there's the there's the grand capital of the duchy, um, like two miles away. And then all the, all the, all the roads lead to dungeons, and then back to the city. Mm. And like, yeah, some of them branch off and don't go anywhere, but they're like they still all lead to the city. If yeah, you they're all them. connected back to the main road that's all connected to the city. Yeah, there's like random ruins about 
but like they don't they don't go anywhere. Mm. So and anyway, all roads lead to Grand Sorry. Okay. <laughs> See, we we talked about that for like two minutes. Mm. Yeah. Now um, we we have and, spent ninety minutes so far wasting time on things. So we're we're making good pace. Yeah. Let's see. Um, what other bullshit do they say in Dragon's Dogma mm. repeatedly? Let's see. They constantly get wet and act like that's a problem. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you can't fight with a wet sword. <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> what, what's the point of a sword if you can't set it on fire? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you go to hit someone with a wet sword, and it just feels like uh, like a pool noodle. <laughs> you go to hit somebody with a wet sword, and it just folds. <laughs> it just splashes on them. <laughs> you you go to hit somebody with a with a wet sword, and it it just makes an accordion noise and and <laughs> like folds up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, your swords lose their brittleness when when they get wet. Like, like I'm imagining like weird out coming in. Mm. Like after you hit somebody with your accordion sword, <laughs> just like singing a song. I mean, I guess if you segment the blade like uh, I'd be Valentine, then you could have like an accordion sword. Oh. We, we're going to start a band called Accordion Sword. Mm. It would be like an like a like a medieval metal band. Mm. Yeah, just pirate metal. <laughs> yeah, watch out, Alestorm. Mm. <sighs> mm. I know there were like a bunch of movies that. I started watching and then stopped watching a few days ago because I was just browsing stuff on Amazon. I'm like uh, maybe I'll watch this, and then I didn't. Yeah, let's see what was it? I think it was mostly like Christmas movies. Like I started watching Fred <laughs> Claus, and that one is just you know, it's it's Vince Vaughn being Vince Vaughn. <sighs> Was that the one with Paul Giamatti? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the, it starts off. I, I think I stopped the movie like halfway through because I'm like, this just just isn't funny. But yeah, it starts off with well, yeah, the kid versions of Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti as uh, Saint Nicholas or you know kid who will become Saint Nicholas and Frederick Claus, and they're you know in the, like a medieval uh, cottage and. Um, yeah, and you know Saint Nick was always doing his like, like super generous stuff, and if Fred just always felt like he was in his brother's shadow, so he got all bitter and grumpy and stuff, and uh, yeah, and that kind of drove a wedge between them, and then you get to the present day, and f- because like it, it, it's weird, like the movie goes to the trouble of actually like, coming up with you know an explanation for why this stupid premise that santa has a brother named fred can exist 
you know, like because the, like they they do the whole establishing thing and then say like, okay, and then Nicholas became a saint, and because he was a saint, he's like blessed with magic that makes him, you know, immortal, like always the same <laughs> age, and also that extends to all of his wow. family members, which is why his brother Fred can also still live in the modern day, and like his wife and his parents, and you know, they're all alive in the modern day but also he does have elves and he does have um you know uh the whole like factory at the north pole and the reindeer uh but then he's also got to deal with kevin spacey who is like an auditor oh no um, you know kevin, keep him away from the elves yeah kevin spacey is there as like this you know very serious auditor who's you know like disappointed that Santa hasn't, you know, kept up profits or production or something. Um, th- th- there's like some financial backing behind Santa's whole effort that is, you know, funneled through Kevin Spacey's character. Um, and so he's there to get all, you know, like stern looking when Fred tries to get all the elves to loosen up by making them, you know, uh, listen to like, um, like rock and roll or something. You know, he, he plays like a a modern <laughs> song because the elves only listen to Christmas songs in the factory. Um, but he, yeah, no, he he plays. I, I don't even remember some like club song and gets everybody like doing like a mosh pit App- thing. Um, Apple bottom jeans. Yeah, with the fur. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, yeah, it's. Like, and you know the movie like it was i guess it was fine it just it's it, it it's another <laughs> one of those movies where vince vaughn seems like he thinks he's the coolest dude and the, hey jay hmm? jay do you know what it was uh what was it i, already I like I, I googled i googled fred claus song yeah. and it came up ludicrous ludicrousness <laughs> okay so the song you probably heard was Ludacrismas by Ludacris. Maybe. I mean, that might have... I don't know, because I, I... Is that the scene, the song that plays in the scene, or was that a song that played in the credits? I don't know. I think the song that played in the scene was actually, like, you know, not like a Christmas version of a song. It was just, you know... Um, they got a popular song from 2007 when the movie came out. Um, all right, I'm I'm listening to the scene now. Okay. Yeah, watching all the elves, like, I don't know, clutch their pearls. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they clutch their pearls until they get into it, and then like suddenly they're all into it and like throwing people into the crowd and stuff, crowd surfing. It's an Elvis song. Oh, okay. I think I don't know. I'm trying to <laughs> try to listen listen to it, but I'm like half paying attention. Mm. Uh, the The first comment on on this video is, "This is an underrated Christmas movie." Hmm. Well, there. Allowed to 
enjoy it if they want. I don't know. They're allowed to have a wrong opinion. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I think a lot of, there's definitely a lot of movies that are terrible, but if you watched them at a certain age, then it still sticks with you. Because um, yeah. what I ended up watching, after, you know, I got bored with that movie, I watched Elf, and... Elf Still, is great. Yeah, like Elf is it's great, and I hadn't realized it was a John Favreau movie. But I mean, now that I know that, it you know it makes sense. He knows how to do, yeah, like, improv character stuff. Yeah, he knows when to have actual writing, but also have improv, mm. which is which is a thing that many movies cannot handle the balance of. Mm. I, like a one moder- where they bust some ghosts. Yeah, like I'm, I'm honestly not just talking about that. Mm. Like that's a perfect example. Yeah, but like a lot of comedies of like the past, I don't know, six years, ten years. Mm. Like, like they have that same problem where like they they just get famous comedians in there to tell some jokes and then go home. Mm. But like. None of the jokes land because they're they're just like random, like one liners. Mm. Like there's no there's no character behind the jokes, so it doesn't. Like, why am I watching a movie and not stand up? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Elf is awesome, and that is Will Ferrell's best role, and one of like three good ones. Mm. Yeah, because then I, I think, I'm pretty sure I watched, yeah, I think I did watch it to the end, uh, Talladega Nights. I don't think I'd seen that one before, but <laughs> it, you know, came up in the recommended, so I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll watch that. Another mindless comedy to watch. Did you shake and bake? Um, I mean, they did. I didn't, but they, they certainly did a few times. It's the kind of it made me wonder. Did people like? It, it feels like a like South exploitation almost in the way that it's like. Like I don't know. Did, did people in the South find this funny, or did they find it offensive, or a mix of both? Because it does feel like it's it's playing to a lot of stereotypes of like redneck. Yeah. I, I guess it'd be more like a redneck exploitation kind of thing because it's just like the characters are all like very over the top like shitty rednecks um and then the villain is this like effeminate frenchman who you know is just so contrary to uh you know the dumbass rednecks that um yeah yeah i like i don't like i know Will Ferrell has like a terrible like m- m- mash between like a Texan and Georgian accent mm. <laughs> that he probably never put like any thought into. Like, it, it, like I don't like it. I don't know. It some of it's funny. Some of it is I don't know. I guess cringy. Mm. But like that. There's just there. There's some like just scenes where they they're basically just saying random bullshit mm. and it goes on for so long that it becomes funny yeah you know like it's not one-liners like it's comedians like actually reacting to each other and like building on a joke mm. 
to a point where like I'm not sure how much of it was improv and how much was like written. Mm, yeah. Like the 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 baby Jesus line. <laughs> Um, I find funny. Mm. Oh, is that the one where he was just praying for a long time on baby Jesus? And And then everybody else is like, well, that's not how I picture Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, well, Pharaoh's character is like saying grace before they they ate their meal of KFC, Domino's, um... Yeah, like prominent and, Coca-Cola bottles turned to face the camera. Yeah. Like they they just put all their project product placement on one table. Yeah. But it it like it works in character because it, they're supposed to be like Yeah, they're like um, rich trashy. trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Will Farrow's saying Grace, he's like, Oh dear Lord baby Jesus, like please help us in this race tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> and then it his wife his wife is like Oh yeah, like, he talks you know, about how hot his wife is in the prayer <laughs> with the whole family at the table, yeah. and they're just like, "Yeah, that's how Dad talks." Yeah, he's like, "Like, please, please bless me and my smoking hot wife." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his his. I know the the kids curse a lot, which you know it's funny because kids are cursing. But yeah, I mean, like the joke with the yeah. kids is that they're just you know really shitty. And he does nothing to stop it. And it's not until, you know, everything in his life falls <laughs> apart and he has to go live with his mom that his mom straightens the kids out. Yeah. Like, like at, yeah, at, at first they're like, like, shut up, you old fucking man. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're like berating and, his stepfather. And he's like, well, you're going to let your kids talk to their elders like this? And he's like, yeah, they're winners like me. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, they're not last. They're first. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then after, after like spending a day with their grandma they're like oh father uh, yeah. would you would you like to come to the soup kitchen with me to to volunteer mm. my time and <laughs> i don't know it, it it's not like don't don't watch the movie mm. just watch like google talladega nights baby jesus mm. I mean, I guess watch the um, movie if you're in that kind of mood where you just want some background yeah. noise and you don't care. Um, you know, if you're tired and half brain dead because it's the holiday season and everything's exhausting right now, then yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, and, and you're tired of watching Columbo for the, you know, however many times this week you've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm describing myself in the second person right now. But after watching a lot of Columbo and being like, I just want to, I don't care. And then it's like, Amazon Prime's yeah. like, hey, we got Talladega Nights. I'm like, okay. I got bored with Red Claw. Yeah. I just watched Elf. I guess I'll watch this now. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if you're in a mood where, like, you're, you're like, really tired and, and you don't know what you want to do, so you feel like doing nothing, put on Talladega Nights and pay half attention to it. And you'll get a couple laughs, but not too many. Yeah. It, it is of its time, so there's homophobic jokes, but also the joke is that the characters are homophobic. Um, yeah. They, like, you know, because the, the, the effeminate, you know, snooty Frenchman who becomes his rival is also gay, uh, which is the thing that they play 
her laughs, not so much that he's gay, but that they're all really upset that he's gay because they're redneck right. trash. Um, and then he kisses yeah, like the, the guy at the end. Spoilers. And that's the, also the good. joke is that the the villain is actually like just a, a decent person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's a snob, but otherwise, you know, he's just yeah more dignified and decent of a person than these just horrible trashy uh yeah guys yeah like he he's a he's a little prattish <laughs> but other than that he's a decent person <laughs> okay so we're just gonna make that a term now <laughs> yeah yeah yep that that's that's my contribution um to the english language is the word prattish yeah i mean i guess prattish could be one form of it and like i don't know being like being pratty or uh such a prat the definition pratfall <laughs> uh ma- making weird rants online <laughs> yeah definition pratfall uh a way to describe the trajectory of Chris Pratt's career. <laughs> yeah, or, from cr- from Star Lord to Dumb yeah, Mario. Uh, the, the trajectory of Chris Pratt in the court of <laughs> public opinion. Yeah. From when he was the was he on like a comedy or something before? It wasn't he Parks a, and Recreation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because he was on like that, and then got you know. Star Lord and Emmett from the Lego Movie, and then Jurassic World, and then uh, started being kind of shitty on social media and stuff, and and then he got more voice acting roles, but everybody hates him now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's noise going on in the background. I'm I'm pretty sure you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, I can hear your vibrator uh, running the full power. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 sorry. I I sat up in my chair and it just turned on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> okay so um you know how i made that joke on the discord like of the the 2022 challenge run where you play every pokemon game and try not to go crazy yeah have you started i think i'm actually gonna do that (laughs) like just because i like it'll be a weird thing to do Mm. um and if i don't do it like nobody cares so (laughs) yeah we can chart your progress and you know thoughts on how the pokemon games feel when you're playing them all back to back to back and yeah seeing like the evolution and also the mechanics that come and go yeah, I I also might try a Nuzlocke for the first time on generations one and two, mm. just because I've played them so much that it might be an interesting thing to do. Mm. But like all the other ones, I'm not that familiar with, so I feel like that would just be torture. 
Yeah, I mean, you might as well have the, the Pokemon that actually have the good abilities and that you've put the training into. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I don't, I don't know, like, where the traps are. <laughs> like, where a random rival battle is going to start that just wipes me out. Mm. Or, like, where I shouldn't bring the Magikarp that I'm trying to train into a Gyarados that will inevitably die. Mm. I'm actually interested to play X and Y again. Because, mm. I like, I really liked it at the time, but that was also the first new Pokemon game I had played in, like, ten years. Mm. Yeah, and see how the story holds up with the... Uh... The guy I don't, who wants to destroy I don't think the world because it's not beautiful enough, and the none of the stories are going to hold up. Little flower Pokemon back that abandoned him. None of the stories, Pokemon stories, are not good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was seeing <laughs> like, the other day people were talking about how great the story is in Black Two, White Two, and I, I mean, I, I played it. All I remember is that there were, was that the one with Kyurum? And they were, they, they were like shooting ice cannons and froze a city over or something from their airship. Uh, something like that. I don't. I don't. I I played that game once, like ten years ago or whenever. I mean, it seems like the kind of thing that like the story is good if you're into that kind of like anime drama story, I guess. Which I'm not. Um. Otherwise, yeah. it just feels weird and, like, why the fuck is there a castle in New York City? <laughs> because that's yeah. supposed to be Pokemon New York City, and there's a desert just outside of it, and also a castle. And also a king. Yeah. Uh, See, like, I, I, I'll i give them a pass on the biome thing, mm. just because... Yeah, I mean, you, you have to. Yeah, like, they, they have to have some of our like like i mean i was like i I, i'm pretty sure i mentioned this when i played mafia 3 Mm. but like there are no mountains in new orleans (laughs) like like south louisiana is flat and wet like there are no like big rocky hills Mm. um but like it's a game they they need to diverse diversify the the sites a little like it's fine. It's not a big deal. Mm. But but like the castle but, thing, like it makes sense in like Galar in Sword yeah. and Shield that you know your Pokemon UK would have, yeah. I, I mean, like that one did have some stuff with castles, but it was it was more focused on evil corporate guy and his evil energy producing scheme, which seems yeah. like that would be more of something that would fit in a Pokemon America with. I mean, when they did the New York City thing, but instead they had evil king guy and his son who wants to set all the Pokemon free, I think, or something. And also yeah. Zen dragons. Yeah, Sword and Shield had the guy who couldn't wait one day to stop a problem that wouldn't arise for a thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> He forced defeat up. He he literally snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's amazing. Like, cause like like Pokemon writing was never good, mm. but like it it's amazing. Like how 
flat. <laughs> yeah. That 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 whole climax was. And then you get Sun and Moon with their like long unskippable cutscenes about family drama. Yeah. Yeah. At least Team Skull was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, not looking. F- I like them more than any of the stuff about like Lusamine and uh, what's your face? I mean, the kids, Gladian, the the yeah. Lange Lord. <laughs> yeah, um, Lily and what's his face? Gladian was the name of the the boy oh yeah that's yeah. right yeah the guy who's always I, doing that weird like clutching his hand thing which i've yeah, seen that's, in other that's japanese the, stuff i don't know what that's, the purpose of it is but that's the whole chunibio thing where it's like they they act like they're the protagonist of like a, a fantasy anime mm. because they're they're stupid they're stupid ass kids mm. That that's that's the whole thing. Like they're they're role playing with nobody but themselves. Mm. That that's that's the idea. Okay. So that's why he's always clutching yeah. his hand. He's got like his hands all, <laughs> you know, whatever he's doing with that, and he's got like I had another hand over his face. He's being dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess as long as the point is that it's done, because it looks. <clears throat> Yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody thought he was actually supposed to be cool. At least I hope so. Mm. Maybe little kids. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> little kids don't play Pokemon. Come on. No, po- Pokemon's <laughs> for like thirty-year-olds now. Yeah, Pokemon is like exclusively for people who were born in the early nineties. Yeah. And anyone else who plays Pokemon is just a loser. Yeah, no, Pokemon is for old people who beat people up to get Pokemon cards that they can sell on the internet. <laughs> now, k- kids these days are playing Yokai Watch. That's why it was so popular for the like two years that it was around before it disappeared again. Yeah, that's why it's that's why it's so super influential now. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a global the Pokemon phenomenon. for a new generation. Yeah. yeah. You I'm know, sure it's it had still a it had a premise like big in Japan, but it it had a premise that you know could be super popular internationally. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, like it wasn't bad. You know, the show was fun, and the I played one of the games, and it was fine. But it, it does definitely play more to um, like Japan specific ideas. Yeah. Yeah, it's the type of thing where, like, if it was released in the 90s, it would have been pretty popular for a few years. Mm. Like, internationally, because that was just the thing that was happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it, it plays to that whole, like, collectability um, idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Monster Rancher anime <laughs> was popular, and like, sem- semi-popular. Not, like, huge, but, mm. I mean, like, it didn't do... Like even like even Digimon, um, like it didn't even do Digimon numbers. But mm. I shouldn't say that because like Digimon is still popular. It's somewhat. I mean, not nearly what it was in the nineties. No. Like you had to have Mon in the title, or else. Yeah. Remember Metabots? Uh, I remember it existing. I don't think I ever watched it. Yeah. 
Remember, remember, what was it Zords? Uh, I remember the uh, Power Ranger Zords. No, it was a different Zords. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it might not even be called Zords mm. or Zoids or something. Oh, I don't sounds know. Sounds familiar. Uh, I remember Bakugan and uh, Battle Brawlers. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Beyblade? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember Bay, like Beyblade was the battle tops and Bakugan was the battle marbles. Yeah. Because everything is can transform into a monster that fights other people's monsters. Yeah. And I I think there was like a, a different like like Yu-Gi-Oh style like like kids card yeah. Fighting game. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, the and that one. I, I think it was, the, there was one uh, that they had. They had like, cle- like transparent cards that you could like layer on top of other cards to get effects. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of the game. I was thinking of the anime. Oh yeah, where, it, like it had an they, anime too. But but like the the dub was like super um, self aware. Yeah, and like <laughs> they they talked about like like. Like the OC, <laughs> like they they just didn't give a shit about what was actually happening. Was that one Redikai? <laughs> I, I don't know. Redikai was one. <clears throat> the Chronicles of Redik. Yeah. Hey Jade, we're just about done. Mm, yeah, we filled a whole episode with crap. Yeah, we're gonna we... name it after that one joke that lasted like ten minutes about Jason Voorhees <laughs> uh, being an insult. Fuck yeah! Yep. yep, that'll get them clicks. All four of them. Yep, all the usual clicks. We'll yep. Click again. Eugene, Eugene twice. <laughs> John Paul, if he's still listening. Uh, Toshiro, <laughs> if they're still listening. Uh, yeah. Scarlet. The Scarlet Witch. Yep. Um, yeah, Scarlet Wolf. Yeah. The, what? Uh, <laughs> yep. <The, laughs> Wanda actually listens. Mm. Um, um, yep. Hawkeye from Disney Plus. Uh, Hawkeye. The, the new show, go watch it, or don't. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's it's. A w- Willem Def- w- Willem Dafoe listened to the Spider-Man episodes, but I think he's dropped off since then. Mm. Yeah, he just he wanted to see what we had to say about him. Um, he, he's very diligent about checking all the podcasts that mention. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bruce Campbell for plugging our show um, on his Twitter last week. Mm. <laughs> He, he even asked people to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> I wonder if he's on Cameo, if you could get him to do something like that. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, fuck no! <laughs> I literally banged my table. <laughs> so... So now you know where the vibrator went. Yep. <laughs> uh.
Okay, so yeah, so we'll figure something out. The next episode will either be on Christmas or slightly before Christmas or slightly after Christmas. Who knows? Depends when scheduling uh, allows us to record, I guess. Yep. I I don't think we've talked about it, but I think we both just decided that we're we're not gonna like watch things to talk about anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not unless there's something that's really jumping out. Is the it would be great to watch that because otherwise it, it was just starting to feel like busy work, having to come yeah. up with things to to watch. I think by the time um, we said we would watch Drygun and neither of us did, we were, we were both like, "Yeah, let, let's just." Yeah, let's, let's just take not. a break from it. If if it happens again, great. If not, we did just yeah. manage to fill an entire episode with nothing. So yeah, that that's that's fun to do every now and then. Mm. I can always break out the Mad Libs <laughs> get... again. I, I'm looking at the book yeah. right now. It's been sitting here for months. If we ever do watch something, I think it should be something neither of us has has seen. Mm. Because I, I feel like that's more interesting than. I mean, we do have what we have. If you want to get HBO Max in a couple, uh, yeah, I think Matrix Resurrections will be out before we would record the next one. I think it comes out on the twenty second. Does that mean I have to watch the Matrix sequels? Uh, no, because rumor has it that this movie. I mean, I. It might be in continuity with those, but it's going to at least start with the idea that maybe the Matrix movies were just movies, and and then it'll turn out that you know that's like a lie being perpetrated by the machines, and actually the events of those movies are real, and Neo's been plugged back in or something. Um, yeah, it was it was a lie by the machines to sell NFTs. Yeah, I mean it, it's. It, it's gonna, I think, do the soft reboot thing where it is in continuity, but also you don't need to know everything about the stuff that came before. You just need to know the basics that Neo and Trinity were heroes who saved the world, and that the Matrix is a virtual world that exists, and uh, and I don't even know if agents are gonna be in the movie. I haven't really paid close enough attention to the trailers to see if agents are still a thing okay i'm glad i don't have to watch those movies because if i have to watch the dark the architect talk about like pseudo philosophical bullshit for 20 minutes i might jump off a bridge Mm. but you also have that big cave orgy scene to contrast that yeah, but that like it's not an actual orgy. Like they don't show any like real action. Well, yeah, I mean it's the like undercovers fucking where the <laughs> bodies don't quite line up correctly. Yeah, it it's it's like the the Lord of the Rings technology where they just get like a bunch of um, like random CG people to <laughs> just randomly fuck each other. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you get like one group of them and you just copy and paste that a bunch of times. <laughs> they're they're moving they're all moving at once. It's like thrust, thrust. Yeah, it's just like a you know, like a gif with no uh background and you just put it on this like cave setting. I imagine Jason the Incel is just like 
up on a platform like banging a huge drum like in rhythm <laughs> to tell everybody when to thrust yeah yeah before he goes down and just kills them all <laughs> he's just like running around like somebody giant... getting a bunch of high fives except he's got two machetes out and he's just yeah. lopping heads off <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like that robot chicken um, sketch of Anakin killing the the kids. Like mm. he imagines them all as uh, sunflowers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't brought up robot chicken in too long. Mm. It's been too long. Yeah, I started rewatching it on HBO Max, and then I didn't get around uh-huh. to finishing because there's so many episodes. Yeah, it, it's also very hit or miss. Yeah, and a lot of it's like stuff of the times, so it's just remembering, oh yeah, Paris Hilton was a big deal back then, wasn't she? Yeah. It's like either like really like 2000 late, or... Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it, it's like either stuff from like 2005, or stuff from like 1983. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll call this an episode. And, um, catch you in roughly two weeks, give or take. Yep. See you guys next time. Remember to shower regularly and eat your ass every day. way into podcasts. <laughs>